Well, hello. It's been a while for me since I have been on here. Welcome back to another episode of Battlefield. Um, also, we're going to be talking more about, you know, challenges of a firefighter marriage from the book I've read by Anne and Mike Gagliano. I, I still have trouble saying their last name, uh, so my bad. Um, I have said in um, the beginning when I first introduced you to this uh, in- information, this book, I told you you can also get it and read it yourself if you would like. Um, if you're only looking for important pieces of information that, you know, just pinpoints from it and you don't want to read the whole book, that's completely fine. I totally understand. So, but I also want to thank you for the, uh, you know, 1K total plays on this podcast. I really appreciate it. I was very surprised to see that um, when I came on today and I decided, you know, since I'm done with the book, I'm going to try to do a chapter each day. Um, if I can't, oh, well, I'm going to try to do it every other day. Um, that is my goal right now. So, um, I'm a little slow on deck here. Um, I do have a two-year-old who will be three next month and he's kind of at his terrible two slash three stage and He's tired today. He did wake up pretty early, and usually when he does, he's tired. And so I didn't get much sleep. I had pregnancy insomnia, which I'm actually five months. So thank you for your congratulations. Um, We're going to cover chapter two, which I wanted to cover, um, but I decided to do chapter three. So now we're going to do chapter two. We're kind of going one backward, but hopefully we'll be able to count on correctly from here. So, um, we're going to be covering exposure to trauma. This might be hit and miss a little bit for someone or other people, um, meaning trigger warning. So just in case, just so you know, remember, it's not just about a firefighter. It's also about everyone in a uniform, you know? So, but tech, so, but really my husband being an actual like volunteer firefighter, who's hopefully wanting to get full time about a year or two, in the future, um, that's just where, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say firefighter. Uh, so, I mean, it'll pertain to a lot of people who are in uniform anyway. All right, so exposure to trauma. Um, well, our firefighters traumatized. Well, this is an important question, question, excuse me, important question. Yes, it is. It is the most impactful experience known to the human psyche, Okay. Obviously, someone is traumatized. It can drastically impact their marriage, right? Drastically or dramatically, right? For this reason, us spouses, it's important for us to know if and when a firefighter experiences the the following. And here is a list. A shooting or stabbing. Someone getting hurt or killed. A horrific traffic accident. A dead child or infant. An ability to rescue someone. Loss of a coworker. A debilitating or life-threatening injury. Okay, so just so all of you know, the trauma word comes from the Greek word for wound. In the context, a wounded heart, pretty much. Anyone with this with a heart, at least I hope everyone has one, <laughs> is susceptible to being hurt. And firefighters are all heart. I tell you something, firefighters all 
are all heart. They don't look like it from the outside, but in, on the inside, you know, is the reason why they do what they do. So they are all heart. You will find symptoms of trauma. You might want to pay attention when there is a bullet point list because these are important things to look out for as well as the symptoms. Psychological and emotional. So heightened anxiety or fear about the death of others about the future. Irritability, restlessness, and overexcitability. Feelings of sadness, moodiness, more crying than usual. Feelings of numbness or detachment, survivor guilt, or feelings of self-blame, meaning um, if they can't save everybody and they they start blaming themselves, not being able to save everybody, and like maybe the, the people they couldn't save just perish. So that would be self-blame. Mood swings, like small reminders or seemingly insignificant emotional events trigger Sudden changes in emotion or intense reactions, which we've talked about triggers before. I know long, long ago, um, when I first started this podcast, if you've had a traumatic past, there's things that trigger, small things that will remind you and trigger you. So next one is the cognitive, excuse me, difficulty concentrating, feeling confused, disoriented, distracted, unable to think as quickly or as easily as usual, difficulty Making decisions that normally would be easy, okay? Worrying about death or thinking constantly about people who have died. Physical, like headaches, nausea, or upset stomach. Exaggerated startle response, which is easily startled. Like, if they know you're technically in the room, but all you have to do is touch them on the shoulder and they jump anyway, that's being easily startled. Fatigue, a lot of energy goes into grief which we all know this, and it can be overwhelming and physically draining. You know, that feeling when you've lost someone important in your life, you cry and cry and cry really hard, and all you do is you feel that tiredness, that exhaustion afterwards. Behavioral, okay. Hyperactivity or less activity than usual. Withdraw, social isolation. Avoidance of activities or places that bring memories of the event. Loss of appetite, inability to fall asleep, or remain asleep. Disrupted sleep, deep sadness on awakening. All right, so they they also have stress disorders. One's called acute stress disorder, no, or known as ASD. And these, on occasion with these symptoms, um, can descend into slightly more severe state called the acute stress disorder, okay? The person may experience the numbing, reduced awareness, depersonalization, derealization, or amnesia, which are symptoms of disassociation or perception of a detachment of the mind from emotions or even from the body. Uh, Sufferers with ASD may perceive the world as dreamlike or unreal and may also have a poor memory of specific events in which severe form is known as Dissociative amnesia. A lot of this uh, for symptoms include realization, generalized anxiety, hyperarousal, avoidance of situations and stimuli that are reminders of the trauma, and persistent intrusive memories through flashbacks, like dreams or visual images. Okay? 
A lot of us also know the other disorder. You know, it's very common, you know, that we kind of learn in our lives more than we do the acute stress disorder. PTSD, also known as post-traumatic stress disorder, okay? So pretty much it can happen to anyone, okay? And for numerous reasons, but it's most likely to occur when a person has experienced a traumatic event or both of the following have occurred. The person experienced, witnessed, or was confronted with an event in which there was the threat of an actual death or serious injury. The event may also have involved a threat to the person's physical well-being or the physical well-being of another person. Second one. The person responded to the event with strong feelings of fear, helplessness, or horror. Okay? So, firefighters do witness traumatic events, people. More than you will ever, ever probably see. Unless you are also on the fire department yourself or your spouse decides to tell you what, what it is in great detail. So you would have to expect the PTSD rates to be extremely high. But studies have varied. But the rates are much more lower than they should be given the high incidence of difficult runs. Firefighters are incredibly resilient. They, they actually have to be. They do. Is a bit, the resilience part is the ability to respond to adversity in such a way, not only come through it unharmed, but to ultimately become better from the experience. Those firefighters have that unique quality that a lot of people do not because not a lot of people can bounce back from some horrific events like they do. So, but with PTSD or ASD, you got to find them. If, if, you, if they're experiencing anything that we just talked about, you need to find them help. Don't get me wrong. Family at home is good help. Okay? But you can only do your part so much because sometimes it will feel like it's out of your hands. It does. I've noticed my husband ha was having this weird, I don't want to say attitude, like behavioral thing going on. Okay. Uh, a while ago, this is a while ago. Could ask him almost every night of that week. Are you okay? Are you okay? And he kept telling me yes, but I kind of knew he was more exhausted than usual. He had that fatigue. He almost had that sadness. I told him he didn't need to hide stuff from me because I was a spouse. We're married. I said, I can only help you if you tell me what's going on or we can try to figure out a solution. So finally, you know, instead of just asking him constantly one night, I just we went to bed as normal. Did not really talk. We just laid there and he said, I need to talk about something. So I said, okay, let's talk. It's nice, you know, the room's in complete darkness, which is always nice for a firefighter. It's a sense of calm. No light to distract us. No cell phones were out. He said, I just feel like, he says, I just feel very depressed. And I said, why? He says, because in the last three years, I've had to bury at least four people, you know, two of him, which he was really, or no, what was it? 
he was mostly close to all of them, okay? And so it hits him hard. But at the same time, be, well, because, you know, he tried to help them. But not in, like, on-duty help, like, off-duty slash firefighter slash best friend or slash, you know, generalization of a Good Samaritan help. He thinks even when he's off-duty, he has the power to convince everyone not to go down the road that they're going. These had to do with people, one of them died at his work, and it was too late, technically. This guy was older, he already was having problems way before he died at work. Um, something just gave out. He's, he was good and gone for a while before my husband got there to start CPR. But he felt ashamed that he couldn't save the guy because... He was the, he's pretty much the only EMS person at his job. And, and he was also close to this person and he wanted this person to come back to life. But the thing is, this person was already long gone. The brain was deprived of oxygen for more than five minutes. But my husband literally still went over and literally still tried doing compressions. Until 911 got there. So that really took a toll on him. That did. Then we had two suicides. One he was very close to, the other one he knew. But they weren't like close, close, but his dad and that friend were close. So it just kind of sucks that, you know. But, and he tried to talk to a lot of people that chose the wrong path. And he feels like he just completely and utterly, you know, failed them. And see, this is how a person who's in the oh. no firefighting world feels when they when they can't take a hold and be in control of something. So, just so you know that they will be in denial. They'll have poor self control and dissatisfaction with the job, like distrust of the crew. Even they may become have like alienation or isolation, extreme pride or perfectionism. There are times where my husband says he has to be so perfect at the fire, even in class, when he has fire one. He thinks he has to be so on point, you know, because he wants to make sure when he goes into a dangerous environment, up in flames or not, he wants to make sure he's on point, which, crazy enough, is kind of true. Because you can't lose your head in that moment. Okay? Now, you can, they can seek healthier outlets. The thing with having the fire service, they can actually help you. They can help your firefighter. You know? Especially you. Because if you go to them and say, hey, I think this is what's happening. Can you talk to them? Oh, well, yeah, we can. Yeah, you know. Well, a lot of you are like, well, how does the fire department help you or any of its members? Well, when trauma is ongoing for the firefighters, they must face it for their entire career. And so the leaders must be committed to debriefing procedures that they are well prepared and well trained to carry out. Okay? Even for the smallest volunteers. 
in the biggest paid departments. It all simply begins with the communication. And, of course, the veterans need to keep their eyes on the rookies. Okay? You know, firefighters identify incidents resulting in the death of children or follows or fellow so um or fellow firefighters among the most traumatic and make sure you beware of these and other vulnerabilities that may be specific to your firefighters like here's an example that ann writes in the book she says an example of this is a barn fire that she once read of, many horses were trapped inside and the firefighters were unable to free them. They stood helplessly outside while they listened to the screams of the dying horses. A senior crew member was aware that his younger crewmate owned horses and was himself a major horse lover. He took the time to take this young man aside and let him cry privately as he was keenly aware of the fact that this was particularly traumatic to him. So this is why everyone that has a firefighter or anyone in uniform needs to be aware of the impact runs and protocols protocols that are placed on them. Okay? Now, they they do have... I forgot what my husband told me. That they do have, like, these meetings. If something traumatic happens, they meet at the fire station. And they... They talk about it, okay? He says, when he's on a small town fire department, they said if anything traumatic happens and, you know, it, it bothers them, you know, and it gives, you know, and they can't quit thinking about it, they can all go to the station and talk about it. Pretty much like, me, like <laughs> meeting almost at an AA meet. AA meeting, uh, you know, they probably, I don't know if they get into a circle and say, hi, I'm so-and-so, but they sit there and they, they say, Hey, this is how, this is what's happening to me. I need help. Um, or I just need support. So that's, I mean, fire, that's what, that's what the brothers and sisters of the fire department who become the family are there for. Also, they're not just there to get dressed up and go save some lives. They're there to also want something traumatic happens to make sure everyone is mentally and emotionally okay. Or, hey, you know, tell us what, what we need to do for you. Because if they go to drugs, alcohol, you know, that, those kind of addictions, it's not going to be a good ride, especially for the marriage. So, well, how fire, fire spouses can help. Well, <clears throat> the same is true at home. Families can't relate professionally unless they too are firefighters, like I said earlier. But they can recognize odd behaviors, like the irritability and sleeplessness. So make sure you ask your firefighter what's going on if you witness unusual behavior, like I've said before. And hopefully they are willing, be willing to talk about it. Because repressing that trauma is a bad idea, since it can fester and erupt over time. No matter how tough firefighters may be or think they are, they need to help battling this foe. Unchecked extreme stress is an emotional and physical carnivore. It chews hungrily on so many of our officers with its razor-sharp fangs and does so quietly, silently in every corner of their lives. 
It affects their job performance, their relationships, and ultimately, their health. Alright? So make sure you are keeping a close eye on your firefighter. Because it is a big deal. Their job is a big deal. It may not look like it from the outside of the community. We may just say, see all these red trucks with blaring lights. You know, and we're thinking, oh, you know, not a big deal. They got it handled. Well, guess what? Their days and nights were what has be what was supposed to be handled becomes tra- traumatic and horrifying for them. They can, ha- they, they, you know, they can technically get it handled. It's just that when they do it, they're putting themselves in mental danger. Okay. They're even putting themselves in mental danger of it. So we got to make sure that understanding is essential in this marriage. Okay. It's not empathy, but a comprehension of one fact. We can never fully grasp what the firefighters have been through. And if we are firefighters ourselves, a huge chasm exists between what they've experienced and what we have and what even if we'd be there, this gap will always exist, guys. It will always exist. So just accept it. Accept it. Don't press for details. That may be too hard to relate. And don't tell them how they should feel when you clearly cannot know or you don't know. You just don't know. Okay? Quit thinking you do. What they need to hear first and foremost is that you're glad they're home safe. That you're there for them. And that you love them no matter what. When before my husband walks out or if he's like in a hurry to run out, I say, I love you. Come back alive. I love you. Come back alive. Okay. But at least I told him I love him. And and he knows that he has a family. And of course, baby number two on the way. He knows he needs to keep his head where it needs to be strategically, especially what he's learned in training, to, so he can come back home to me. Okay? I, I tell him I love him, and when he gets home, and if he tells sometimes he just flat out tells me without me asking. He's like, by the way, you'll never guess what we just did, and he'll tell me. But thing is, I know for a fact when he tells me he's doing it out of his own right because he thinks, I'm pretty sure it makes him feel better. Do I know that for sure? No, but I'm pretty sure it helps him a little bit. I'm like, talk away. And a lot of you are like, well, don't you get grossed out? No. Um, being that I was a CNA for almost 10 years, also I went into medical assisting. I also have some CPR and um, emergency services training on my side. I have actually seen things, read about things, and it doesn't exactly give me traumatic experiences. So... I mean, I was also taught to give myself what I needed if, you know, something I couldn't handle. But it would be more on the clinic slash hospital side. This is completely, you go to nature when nature decides to turn on human civilization. Pretty much. Is what I like to call it. So you got to make sure you're okay with the fact that they may need to share some of the details with a coworker instead of you. Um, that goes back to 
their fire department, technically, or their friends at work at their real jobs and if there's firefighting on the side. Okay. But don't get pissy about this. Encourage it. Okay. Because numerous firefighters have relayed to us or th- what Anne has said in this book. She says that debriefing with coworkers and or critical incident stress teams is both healing and healthy. Rehashing the experience with those who were there helps firefighters make peace with the memories, which alleviates avoidance behavior such as anger. Many fire departments are implementing this practice and get great results. Her husband, Mike, has relayed to her her that great benefits being seen in, in their Seattle fire department and that they even participate in some of these themselves. So, her, Anne and Mike, who wrote this book together, they've, you know, they're the ones who have experienced it together. And so they try to do things together and encourage each other through their marriage. All right. So, obviously, being traumatized, you know, you become very vulnerable to guilt, shame, even self loathing, meaning self hate. Strong, confident firefighters may misconstrue the feelings of sorrow as weakness. Especially men. Men, God forbid. Holy crap. I can't tell you enough how much this bugs me. As a woman, this bugs me. It's like, I get it. You're men. You have so much freaking pride. You think, superhero, this happened today. But I'm going to get through it even though it's going to hurt me probably for the next six days. Seriously. Seriously. I don't care what the saying is. That, oh, I have the balls to. No, you know what? I don't care what you have the balls to do. If you have any balls at all, you will tell your spouse slash coworkers if you're feeling a certain way and say, I need help. Okay? Get off your freaking high horses. It bugs the crap out of me. Okay? You need to do something for your mental state. So you can keep your marriage alive or your partnership. Whatever you have. So. Tell them. She, Anne writes. Tell them that you are proud of them. Even if they made mistakes. Your unwavering belief in them will help restore their shaken confidence. Let me read that one more time. Anne says. Tell them that you are proud of them. Even if they made mistakes, your unwavering belief in them will help restore their shaken confidence. Men, let me read that one more time. Okay, tell them that you are proud of them, even if they made mistakes. Your unwavering belief in them will help restore their shaken confidence. So guess what? That little sack between your legs don't mean anything. All right? Don't mean anything. So you know. Okay? So, the support, true support means saying thank you for all that they do. It is appreciation for a tough job that most people would not or could not do. And when it comes from a spouse, especially, it restores and revitalizes like nothing else. Support literally means to help stand. Giving the firefighter the strength to endure incredible adversity. 
Now we're getting somewhere. Okay? Remember, guys, trauma is very, very real. You can't avoid it. Guys, death and destruction in our society is everywhere. I don't care if you live in a peaceful little freaking town. You're going to hear something on the news that's going to make you, you know, shake in horror. Like take 9-11, for example. 9-11, I was in elementary school. I was shaken to my core when I saw on TV a plane go through that, that tower. Okay? Scared me as a child. And, well, how the story really went is we were getting dressed for school. I was coming downstairs and I heard my mom just yell. And she went to, I I saw her go down to her knees and she was in shock. Her hand, both of her hands were covering her mouth. You could see it in her eyes. I got behind her and that's when I saw it. Okay. I will never forget the feeling I felt as a child, the fear And the complete and utter, like, shock and surprise and thinking, oh my gosh, they're gonna, they're gonna get everybody because as a child, you're almost afraid of everything. Let me tell you something. The people, policemen, firefighters, EMS, paramedics that were there that day, a lot of them lost their lives. I'm gonna tell you. What I read in all these chapters. I'm going to tell you what I read. While everyone. And what the cameras. One of the cameras in the World Trade Center. In the stairwell. Caught people running down the stairs. In a panic. While the firefighters. Were going up. To face it. You hear me? Are you hearing me? And guess what? I bet you none of those firefighters ever came back down. But let me tell you something. Their buddies are have, were traumatized to it. But till this day, they are getting help from their spouses, from their brother and sisterhood in the fire department. But I know that day shook everyone up. No doubt about it. It shook me up. And I will never forget. Never forget. So, I don't want you to forget how important firefighting is. I don't care if you don't do it. But if you ever, like, have family members that are on the fire department or are in it, you need to try to understand that it is very crucial that they are supported completely when it comes to traumatic events. So, let me tell you. You can't just go, you can't even go to a fire department and say, hey, I want to volunteer or or go full-time, blah, 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 and not expect to be, you know, traumatized. You can't expect not to see something you never want to see in your life. You cannot expect that. Okay? You're going to protect your community, the lives of people that are at stake, or you're going to have to go clean up a big, bloody, horrific mess. And that's all there is to it. I know that sounds so blunt and heartless, but let me tell you something. 
It is the God to honest, blunt truth. And I ride on honesty and integrity. And as a firefighter's wife, I am telling you right now, be glad that they come home every single day to you alone or your, you and your family. Be so thankful. Tell them that you love them. You appreciate them. You're grateful. And that you, you know, and ask them if you can do anything for them. But remember, do not push conversation. Let them come to you. Or, you know, say, hey, I'm here to talk if you need me. Okay? And remember, don't take it personally if they want to talk to their their department people. Okay? Because once, I mean, okay, so family is the first family, like you and your children. But the fire department is the second family. So never be discouraged if they want to just talk to their second family. Because if you, I mean, for all you know, it will help them more than you think. Okay? Because sometimes you don't know what to say. And some and not knowing what to say doesn't help, does it? No, it doesn't. So you got to make sure that they are going to the people who understand. Okay? So... I hope you guys like the segment. Um, I found this book to be very enlightening <laughs> and encouraging to, for me to be a better spouse. Because I know here in about a year or two, my husband might be going on full time. Does it scare me? Yes. But it is his calling and I see it. I see it. So, I'm going to try my best to be what I can be. And I want to, and I hope he, I, and obviously, as a human, and a woman human, all I can do is cross my fingers and my toes and be like, please don't die, please don't die, please don't die. You know, like we all do. Please don't die, please don't die. You know, even for ourselves, we do that. Like, if we're, if we're like, flying on an airplane or something, we're like, please for the love of God, let us land at the other airport without any problems. You know, so it's a human reaction. It's a human reaction. Well, anyway, thank you guys so much again for the listens. <laughs> 1K, that's so awesome. I hope I'm helping you. That's that's all I care about. I hope I'm helping you. Um, I hope you are able to find comfort in stories and be able to learn what I've learned through the years of my life. It's been... It's been a hard journey so far for me because the last few months I've been thinking about making a hard decision, but I finally made it. And I know that with this decision, it's not forever. So I'm going to, I keep reminding myself of that. Anyway, hope you enjoyed this segment from the book Challenges of a Firefighter Marriage by Ann and Mike Gagliano. I don't know. I don't know if I should even try to say their last name anymore. To tell you the truth, I should just leave it as Ann and Mike. Um, and I hope you enjoyed this a little small segments of background noise. The toddler's been making. He's been giving us our own little background music. Um, so, uh, yeah. Other than that, have a great rest of your day. And like I said, I'm going to try to do every day since I finished the book. There is 24 chapters. However, I will. Tr- if something's really long, I will try to just pinpoint the important pieces. All right, you guys have a good one.